Hello, and welcome to Murdered Media, where we talk about all things dead. Namely, just cool media that has been off the trend wagon since the 1800s. I'm your host, the very much alive media detective, Selena Ibrahim. I hope that as you're listening to this, you can learn a little more about odd and unusual media from the past and spew your knowledge at family gatherings, holidays, and birthday parties. No, but really, I hope this podcast gives you insight into how the spirit of dead media lives on. Today's episode, we'll be talking about, brace yourselves, dolls. And not just any dolls, but Edison's phonograph dolls, as if dolls weren't already creepy enough. I'm going to call in Michaela Byrne, an ordinary citizen like you or me, except for the fact that she too is a media nerd. For context, she has no background knowledge of what this podcast episode will be about. Hey Michaela, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I know this might be a bit odd that you have no idea what this episode is about. It's alright. I'm pretty excited to see what we have today. Well, I'm going to go ahead and play two different sound clips for you. I'd like you to tell me what you think the sound is, alright? Sure, I'm all ears. So what do you think it is? It sounds like an old-fashioned audiobook, like one with a child story. That's a good guess, uh, but I'm going to play one more clip for you. Hold on. guesses? Um, so in this one, I definitely recognize a prayer, uh, but it doesn't sound like anything that's been recorded recently, so I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna stick with my answer of an old-fashioned audiobook. Maybe this one just has a prayer in it. Hmm, well, your guess is pretty good, uh, but the sound clips actually go back to a device from the 1800s, so not quite at the point of audiobooks just yet. It's actually a phonograph doll. Really? That's creepy. <laughs> what actually is a phonograph doll? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, so some history about this oddity. According to the Dead Media Archive, the phonograph doll was created by Thomas Edison in 1890. This came right after the invention of the phonograph itself. Of course. It's amazing how media slowly becomes more advanced. I know. Imagine where we'd be if the market was still stuck in the iPhone 4 phase. But anyway, the dolls themselves were about two feet tall and the torso was made of steel. Inside the seal frame was a miniature version of the phonograph. Wow, imagine how heavy those dolls would have been compared to today. Yeah, I don't know about anyone else, but my little five-year-old arms would have had some trouble carrying that doll around. Yeah, no kidding. How did kids start, like, make the doll start talking? Well, yeah, For as for the sound itself, when you wound up the hand crank in the back of the doll, the recorded sound started playing. Now, these dolls weren't like those fancy talking Tom toys that repeat back everything you say by connecting to an app on your smartphone. Uh, the phonograph dolls told nursery rhymes and children's prayers, and they weren't all that soothing. Yeah, I even thought that the recording was odd. So even look so looking back, the sound they produced was actually kind of scary. Did the dolls even sell? Um, according to the Dead Media Archive, the phonograph dolls sold for $10. So adjusting for inflation from 1890 to 2018, that's actually the equivalent of $277. 
I have no idea how children wouldn't have gotten nightmares from these dolls. If I were a parent, I definitely wouldn't want to be the reason behind sleepless nights or, I don't know, missing out on buying a new outfit for some elitist social party. Then again, according to Patrick Feaster from the National Park Service, production of the dolls stopped after about a month. After that, the dolls that were in existence often were used as gifts for female members of the social elite because of their symbolic value. It's no surprise that the production stopped since the recordings were so scary, but why after only a month? Well, NPR did an episode on Edison's talking dolls back in 2015 or so. According to the writer Nita Ullaby, a curator of sound recordings at the Thomas Edison National Historical Park named Jerry Fabris claims that the recordings we heard earlier were actually female factory workers imitating a little girl's voice. I can't really think of anything creepier than that. Ullaby says that Fabris himself stated, and I quote, Edison himself thought they were unpleasant. After the business failed, he referred to them as little monsters. So why did Edison create the phonographic doll in the first place? Well, Ullaby says it was all about promoting the newly improved wax cylinder phonograph. But Patrick Feaster would expand that and say that the dolls were supposed to represent babies and young children who hadn't fully developed their language skills yet. Oh, that makes sense. This way people wouldn't overlook the imperfections of the still-developing photograph. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but back to your question about why the production of the dolls stopped after a month. The reason why the dolls eventually flopped in the market is equally as interesting. Wasn't it because people found them super creepy and difficult to understand? <laughs> yeah, you'd think so, but not exactly. According to Ullaby, it wasn't that the dolls were creepy. It was because they were too expensive. People would only pay that much money for a doll if it were more lifelike, with moving mouths and understandable voices. Oh, I mean, that makes sense, too. So what actually happened to all of Edison's talking dolls? Well, Patrick Feaster tells a grim tale about the autopsy-like process of extracting the phonograph from the torso and mangling the dolls themselves. One reporter witnessed the murder and death of a phonograph doll at Edison's laboratory. I quote, Its clothing was somewhat disarranged, and its head looked as though an autopsy had been performed upon it. The cylinder was so arranged that it could be turned backward, and the doll made to repeat sentences, beginning at the end and producing every sound in reversed order. The effect was very much as though some foreign language was being spoken. End quote. According to Feaster, by 1896, the phonographs were taken out of all the remaining dolls and buried in the laboratory grounds by Edison himself. The dolls themselves were then sold off without any voices. I can't decide what's worse, a doll with a creepy voice or a doll with no voice and a hole in its torso. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not the right person to answer that question. Wait, so many of these dolls had been destroyed. And the phonograph device was so fragile that it wore out quickly or the recordings were difficult to hear, right? Then how do we know what these dolls sounded like? Well, to answer your question, Michaela, Ron Cohen, a journalist for the New York Times, can give us a brief glimpse into the process of recovering sound from the very first recording devices. Cohen wrote about Robin and Joan Rolfs, who owned two of Edison's famous talking dolls. They wouldn't turn the crank on the back of the dolls for fear that the steel phonograph needle would destroy the grooves of the circular hollow cylinder. So as Cohen put it, and I quote, And so for years, the dolls sat side by side inside a display cabinet, bearers of a message from the dawn of sound recording that nobody could hear, end quote. When you think of it that way, I mean, Edison's talking dolls become more than just an oddity of the past. They embody the very beginnings of sound recordings. It's difficult to imagine what the 21st century would be like without that. No music and no voice memos? Nope, and I wouldn't be able to live like that either. 
So whatever happened to Rolse's dolls? Well, a government laboratory discovered a way to play records without the needle touching them. The particle physicist Carl Haber and the engineer Earl Cornell at Lawrence Berkeley came up with the technology, which would come to be known as IRENE. IRENE is an acronym. What does it stand for? Sure. Uh, it stands for Image, Reconstruct, Erase, Noise, etc. According to Cohen, IRENE uses a microscope to make images of the grooves in detail. A computer then accurately estimates the sounds that would have been made if a needle moved through those grooves by providing a topographic map of the cylinder's surface. That sounds like an intricate process and hard to reconstruct. Was the technology patented or did it ever become available for public use? Actually, Irene was then finally made available outside of the government laboratory in 2014 or so. When preservation specialist Mason Vanderlot at the Northeast Document Conservation Center used the technology to retrieve the recording from the Rolfs' phonograph dolls, Mr. Rolfs stated, and I quote, That was the Eureka moment, end quote. In a eureka moment, it was indeed. The curator, Jerry Fabris, was able to recover and publicly present three Edison talking doll recordings, two of which were the ones owned by Robin and Joan Rolfs. Oh, and that was the recordings that we heard earlier. Exactly. Um, which, by the way, the recordings, the first one was Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and the second one was indeed a nighttime prayer. Um, but anyway, now this is all swell, but our listeners might be wondering why I've chosen to concentrate this episode of Murdered Media on Edison's phonograph dolls. Truth be told, phonograph dolls still exist today and are trending in department stores across the country. Wait, what? Yeah, you heard me right. I know many of our listeners, and Michaela included, may think I definitely fell off the bandwagon a few centuries ago. But consider this. What's even deadlier and creepier than a factory worker imitating a child's voice in a phonograph doll? Uh, nothing? <laughs> well, remember those talking tom toys I mentioned earlier? It's even creepier that phonograph dolls have come back from the dead to haunt us through our smartphones. Toys today can repeat back everything you or I say, and I don't know about you, but it sounds like something straight from a horror movie. If this is where we've progressed since the first version of the talking doll, imagine what will happen within the next few hundred years. Yeah, you're right. I don't think I'm prepared to think about that question yet. Yeah, who knows? Maybe one day toys will talk back to the kids that are playing with them. Just something to think about. Well, thanks for being on this episode with us today, Michaela. It's been my pleasure. To all our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host and media detective, Selena Abraham, and this has been a very creepy episode of Murdered Media.